0: we just we just share it and so um there are characters here and one of them is dr sakal and he is the uh shomer version of dr strange who is the mystic logistic as i like to call him (laughs) and he does a lot with uh some of the inner dimensions of the torah and so um he shared with me this crazy drosh from some kind of brezlev channel that is like 30 minutes long, and it just left my jaws on the ground all day. But I'm gonna share with you 30 seconds of the 30 minutes. So this is all about Shavuot, and here's what he says. So we're going through this this period of going through barley, eating barley, eating animal food, to finally eating wheat. So Shavuot is, is really, it's something about, it's it's something that, it's not everybody's gonna have the same Shavuot, because the, according to the amount of effort that you put into the 49 days to purify yourself, one guy is just happy to have a cheesecake, another guy's saying, wow, look at this light that I got. I got the same light as Passover. So not everybody's gonna have the same experience of Shavuot. One guy's gonna say, when is this holiday over? Another guy's gonna get Mu'mocha. What? All right. Uh, He's going to get a new mocha, like a, a renewed spirituality, sense of connection to Hashem, a depth, so to speak, in the spirit realm, where you're able to absorb a little bit more, where you're able to study a little bit longer, where you're able to have a little bit more faith when you're going through a little bit more of a difficult struggle. Because as you grow in your faith and as you grow in your imuna with Hashem, which is the same thing, you get greater challenges. Your evil inclination part of you gets bigger. And so if you're not growing with your inclination, then that's gonna be a challenge. So I was thinking about the Omer count that got us here. Because for this year, this was a completely different overcount count for me too. And I looked forward to counting the Omer every single night because I realized what the Omer was doing. It was growing me against my evil inclination. Again, Dr. Sakal shared another uh, dropkick source with me called the Midrash of the Tehillim. If you don't have that big green book, you should probably get it. It uh, literally goes through all of the Psalms and gives midrashic, kabbalistic, Hasidic insights wherever applicable, and it quotes all the sources, it lists all the sages and everybody at the back, so you can have all that information. So it is from this source that I found out that the psalm that we recite every single night is Tehillim 67, and it is the psalm of the menorah or the shield of David because the menorah has seven branches this psalm has seven verses and we're counting neomer for seven weeks and so along with calling this the shield of uh, the uh, the shield of david and the menorah this said this is to remind us that when we're counting neomer we're bringing ourselves our animal souls which is our flesh and its desires We're bringing it into captivity unto Hashem's divine service. Even more so, all that energy that is devoted with the flesh and its desires, that energy is now harnessed like a battery, so to speak, or like in biblical terms, like a horse and chariot, so that you can be empowered in your divine service. So imagine if all of your seeking and your desiring after the lust and the pride of life, if that just didn't exist anymore... And it was subjugated to the to the to the ruach hakodesh that Hashem has put into you. Imagine all the energy, the enthusiasm that you would have when you change your desires, your will into His will. And that's what you get to do with the yomer. And so, I was just thinking about all of that and how I get here tonight. And the first thing that comes up is something to the effect that we're all brothers and sisters. We should be looking out for one another. And then that gets crowned, literally, with the threefold blessings of Hashem. So what else can you possibly talk about? Well, let's talk about the community being crowned with threefold blessings of Hashem. What does that look like? You probably can't see it if you're sitting more than six feet away. But I've been stuck on this picture for two weeks now. This is a insert because it used to be a book
1: <laughs> from the
0: Midrash Get You Some and uh, it's now carried in a loving Ziploc bag because the, the Midrash fell apart and I just can't stop drushing. We buy used, And we buy used. Okay. A one's wife. So the thing is is this is the camps. This is the brothers and sisters. This is literally the brothers and sisters crowned With the threefold blessing of Hashem. What threefold blessing? Manna, clouds, water. Threefold blessing. We got it all. Now, the thing is, this is the way that the sons of Jacob, or the children of Israel, followed the ark to go bury Jacob in the promised land. And I'm using similar uh, terminology because. The the coffin that Yaakov was taken in is likened to the ark that Hashem is carried in. Right. Mm. Hence, why literally the children of Israel are surrounding the ark of Hashem, just like the children of Israel, like Jacob's children, the children of Israel surrounded Jacob when he took when they took his body back to bury it in the promised land. Now. When you look at this picture, the Midrash goes all sorts of ways with all sorts of swerves. But it literally says the camps are arranged like the stones on the breastplate of the high priest. Yes. So literally this is the breastplate of the high priest before Hashem. Because they had
1: mantles of the color.
0: Yes. And what flew over the camps? Flags, banners... Colorful banners. Each tribe has a banner. The breastplate has colorful stones. Right, right. So literally when Hashem is looking down upon the children of Israel, He's looking down at the breastplate of living stones. And we know living stones are built <laughs> up into a spiritual temple. Right? The thing is, though, it's even deeper than that because the gematria for breastplate is the gematria for Mashiach. So literally, Hashem is looking down upon Mashiach when he's seeing his children, who are brothers and sisters, crowned with his blessings. Because, you know, Mashiach is his child who's a living stone, who's a chief cornerstone, crowned with his threefold blessing. All right, so that's enough of that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh,
0: that was youth group last
1: week, right?
0: Uh-huh. So, yes, you <laughs> when you're in this community, I want to give you the uh, the reference that I'm going to be basically uh, making circles around tonight will be First Corinthians chapter 12. Believe it or not, First Corinthians chapter 12 is talking about some blessings in a community that has different blessings that each of them are crowned with and how they're all a part of one body and that body being Mashiach. And we just learned that the children of Israel, this is the body of Mashiach because it's the breastplate, living stones. So the first thing I want to start with is a swerve Swerve. from the Or HaChaim, Come on! Because the thing is, is... There's words around this breastplate. And it's those words are on all four sides and it's called the Arab Rav. And that means the people who came out of Egypt but who did not convert. So there's uh there's a lot of information in there that says, you know, you don't have to really convert to be kind of free from Egypt. Kinda free. You know, like you can get out of Egypt a little bit. You know, if even if you don't convert, right? There are people who are not Jewish that have some freedom. You know, right? But they're they're not inside the camps, they're not inside the clouds. And the thing is, is I never even put that together that Hashem, when he was given the Torah, he says the strangers that are dwelling with you That's <laughs> there's people outside the clouds. But what did the clouds protect the children of Israel from? Scorpions. Snakes, scorpions, wild beasts. Namely, temperatures. Because inside the cloud, it was wonderful, it was nice. The ground was literally raising and lowering like it needed to be. If you're outside the cloud, none of that's happening. You get to see it because there's a giant cube in front of you
1: (laughs) just going,
0: and you see stuff getting thrown out the way. And you're just like, oh man, wow, wow, this nice is this great. Yeah. Give me my coat, you know, because they're traveling through the wilderness. It's hot in the day and cold at night. Right. So why do I bring that up? Because why? 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 I went to the wrong why? source first. Can you believe it? I could. Shemot from the Keohutumash. A little side note: that
1: when you're in the desert, it's so hot during the day that when it gets cold, when it gets cold at night. That uh, you actually go into shock because it's more than a 30 degree uh, the temperature change. It's colder in the desert than any other place you've ever been. Absolutely. Wow. Right. So you would shock of the miracle yeah. and you would you'll, the... you'll literally start shaking. <laughs> wow.
0: That's a whole new meaning to tremble before Hashem with fear. <laughs> All right. Because you know Hashem is moving because that's the cloud. You know Hashem is the cloud, so that's right, the first right. place. Okay. So, Shemot 19.5 from the Kehod Humash says this in the interpolated writing section because it breaks it down. It puts basically uh, Rashi commentary and a little bit of commentary from the Rebbe intermingled with the actual verse. So, the words that are in bold on this page are actually the words of the Torah, and then the words that are not in bold are actually commentary. Okay. So, this is what it says when you put all that together 19.5. Remote. So now, you will enter into permanent relationship with me, provided. Oh. So there's a condition on the permanence yeah. of the relationship.
1: Yeah.
0: So he says, provided you are willing, okay, not nah, say oh. much, <laughs> you're willing to bind yourselves to me in two ways. So there's two ways that you have to be willing to bind yourself to be in a permanent relationship with Hashem. Which means that you have to permanently bind yourself. You have to permanently be willing to. Like in ev- like in other words, in every single day, you have to come before Hashem with a renewed heart and renewed mind. Every single day, you have to make yourself a living sacrifice. Oh my goodness, that's Romans twelve one. Like
1: I've heard that before. Huh? Man,
0: I urge you by the mercies of Hashem, my brothers, come on, come on. to present yourselves as living sacrifices before Hashem. Mm. This is a reasonable... Yeah, right? There you go. Come on. Mm-hmm. Now, two ways. It says, the first way, Vigilantly heed my voice. The voice of Hashem. Every word of Torah, every letter of Torah is the voice of Hashem. Because it was uttered from His mouth. Performing my commandments. So you're heeding the voice of Hashem and you're performing His commandments. And then it says, And you keep my covenant. Wouldn't you think keeping his covenant is heeding his voice and performing his commandments? You would think that's keeping the covenant. You would. But Hashem separates that for some reason. That's only one half of it. One half is hearing. The other half is, is keeping it. Oh. And then he says, keeping my covenant means bond yourselves. Okay, so now we're at bond again. So a double bond. Like two Mashiachs bond. Oh, dear. So bond yourselves to me supra-rationally. In other words, bond yourselves to me in ways that don't make any sense. You know, because the wisdom of Hashem is foolishness to the world.
1: Right, right. Corinthians.
0: All right. So it says super-rationally and unconditionally. So it don't make any sense, and it don't matter what's going on. Oh. All right? Then it says, although undertaking to perform my mitzvot is a serious commitment, you will find that if you make this decision now, it will become easier yes. as time goes on. So as you count that Omer, it's kind of tough in the first few weeks. But after week three, oh, you're getting you some, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it says it's easier as time goes on, for taking the first step is always the hardest. Right. Kepha didn't want to take that first step out the boat. I mean, he did, but he didn't. You know, he's kind of like, "Oh, this guy's a ghost." And he's like,
1: "Well, if it's really
0: you, Yeshua, then call me out to you." Uh-huh. Okay, come on out. And he's like,
1: oh.
0: <laughs> "Okay," and he steps, and he starts to step, and it's and it's like you start to see that little ray of sunshine because you, you know it's storming going on right now. But for Kepha, it was like a sunshiny day almost for like the first couple of steps, and then he started going, "Oh, wait, wait, there's." In the natural world, where it makes sense, there's storming going on. There's waves being tossed. Why am I walking on this? How in the world is this possible? And then he starts thinking. Right? So what's the lesson in that? Continue how you first started. Where where have we heard that before? Oh, Galatians chapter 3. Well, you know, there's that. So then it says, in any case, once you enter into this relationship with me, you will, okay. There's no if and buts about it. The results of you doing these two crazy things that don't make any sense at all times, every single day, you will be for me a treasured people, cherished above all nations. Wow. It is my prerogative. Now, when we have prerogatives, okay, I don't really know what that word means. So, like in in its fullness, but. What, the way I've seen it used is by you know musicians, um, namely an old school guy who dances. His name starts with a B. I'm not going to even talk more about him. But he had this song called My Prerogative. And it, I mean, it, to me, from what I saw of it, because I didn't really understand when he was doing music, but it didn't look like a good thing. Like His prerogative was like, I don't care what anybody says. This is my thing and I'm going to do it. You know, ain't nobody going to stop me or shut me down. Oh no! know, I got to keep on moving, oh, right? <laughs> I just mixed two rappers. Okay, yes, you do. anyway. Um, <laughs> getting twisted up. Alright, so anyway, so a prerogative is just like, I mean, it's it's Hashem basically mirroring what He wants us to do for Him. It's beautiful. You know, because Hashem only does what He commands. And He do, He's the first one to do what He commands. He's an example. He's an example. He's, he's, a, he's a mirror. He's a reflection. And, and we're supposed to be a reflection, i.e. an imitator. Ephesians, right? Okay, it's all coming together. I love how the Bible is one. It's not two things. It's
1: beautiful. All
0: right. So uh, he says that it'll be my prerogative to choose you for this relationship from all other nations. In other words, this picture that I've been stuck on, there's not going to be any other breastplate. There's not going to be any other Mashiach other than the one that I've sent. Yes. And he says, For the entire world is mine. I am in no way limited in my choice. Hashem doesn't have to choose us. He just did. And he has tons of options. Okay, so at the risk of being really personal, there are wives in this room. And we have to think about the truth of Hashem in very close to home in real ways. Wives know that their husbands had many options. Husbands know that their, that their wives have many options. Back and forth. But who was chosen? The wife in here of her husband will go, He chose me. The husband in here will say, Well, she chose me. Every single day... I always wonder why in the world would Mavel choose me? Silly. On,
1: silly.
0: You know, like, I mean, I'm kind of cool, but my, my rough edges is pretty bad. Like, so cool. it kind of right turns right. my cool into like, <laughs> just, like, why is he not out with the dumpster? Okay, but anyway, but we need to think about that with a shim because he calls us stiff neck. We complain, we despise the manna, you know, we... Yeah. We're stuck in Egypt. We were apart from him for how many years? And we just abandoned him completely and was just like, Hashem who? Moshe shows up. The God of your forefathers is here to redeem you, to, to fulfill the promise. I'm sorry. Who Ma?
1: <laughs> and it's just
0: like, I left you for how long? And there's like this meme that uh, went around in, in like, I don't know, Hebrew root circle about Mashiach, Mashiach. Uh, like when he came back from the resurrection. Oh, yeah. And, and people were like, yeah, we don't do Shabbat no more because he died for that. And he was like, guys, I was only gone for three days. I <laughs> was like him, he's going, he's like, hey, Shabbat Shalom. And they're like, yeah, since you're gone, we moved away from that old Jewish thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Like, 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 Sunday. <laughs> seriously. So anyway, this choice that Hashem has made to, to make us into an adornment that he would feel free to put on his chest. Because, you know, the Kohen that we read about in in Baikra and Shemot and and all the Torah is really just a reflection. It's a a dim reflection of the true Kohen, who is Hashem. And if you need to wonder, well, how in the world can we say Hashem's a Kohen? Well, because the Midrash Rabbah for Bami Bar, during the section where Miriam is afflicted with leprosy, how in the world does she get leprosy? Because a Kohen, like from the Torah, cannot pronounce anyone from their family leprous. Oh. The only people at the tenant Meeting was Moshe and Aharon. Were her Those baby. are the only two people that are pretty close to the title of being a Kohen. And it says, I myself Hashem, I pronounce her leprous, and I will also pronounce her healed. The leprosy. So... There's that.
1: <laughs>
0: so, okay. So, my other swerve, because I always wondered about. Um, is First Peter two nine talks about we're a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We're a peculiar people.
1: Are. I never
0: knew what pecu- peculiar was. Like you and oh my gosh, I just. I, <laughs> that and when and his when show gave me the opportunity to give my first drosh and I was able to rap and, and speak Hebrew and, and do all sorts of stuff that I, I don't even know how that's possible to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that crazy. Man, I don't know. I literally Rabbi, I literally, like a year before that actual moment, maybe two, we're, yes. Mussel and I were on our anniversary sitting on a sailboat underneath the moon it was looking up and I was like, you know, I just, I just want to you know, rap, and I would want to teach the word, and I want to dance, and I just don't see how that's going to all work. <laughs> and like, wait till you convert and get inside the breastplate and get crowned. I'm going to show you what that get looks like. Get inside the cloud where it's all nice and pretty in there, and I'm going to show you. It don't make any sense, but it's my prerogative, which don't make any sense, but I'm going to do it. it. <laughs> the word I learned yesterday by droshing with a couple of other Avengers... We just decided to get ready for tonight, last night. So we had a prep night for the prep day, for the prep day, because, you know, we get married in the morning, because, you know, that's when the hoopa (laughs) goes up and everything. So we prepped the prep. And in the prep prep, I found out (laughs) what the word peculiar means. And I was like, are you serious? The word is literally samik, gimel, lamik. Hey, that word is pronounced Segula. I'm Segula, Tokemune. Mune, I'm Bowie Kala. I just messed up the lines of that word, but Lecadoti, Likrad Kala, Fene Shabarane Kamela. Right? Am um, Segulah is in that song. We've been singing, oh, we're a peculiar bride, you know, like the Shabbat. <laughs> <laughs> we're just all happy about it, For sure just loves Got challah hanging out your mouth. I, I mean, my Now check out,
1: check out, okay, now we're in the Orhan time. Oh, okay. This is what
0: he says about peculiar. This is also from Shemote 19.5. I was in Shemote 19.5. I mean, they can attest to this for like three hours. Oh, we were like dropping bombs. And I was like, but Shemote 19.5. I'm like, man, you're on your third source for the same verse. And I was like, I know, it's crazy. So this is what he says. The intent of this statement, Segula. Did we read 19.5? Yes. yes, we did. Yeah, do it again. Do all right, again. Well, let's do read it again. again. I don't know why I choose to get it out of here. Don't Because that's crazy to do that. Because he, he goes, um, Shemote 19.5, and then what six is? pages of commentary. You didn't hear the stereo. <laughs> you know what's up. Good. Let's do it from here where it's all on one page Shemote 19.5. There's 19.6. Okay. So So now, provided you vigilantly heed my voice and you keep my covenant, you will be for me a treasured, or you will be for me a treasure cherished above all nations for the entire world is mine. okay? So he literally says, you will be unto me peculiar or unique from all the peoples. And remember, all the peoples are welcome into the house of Hashem, as it says in Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Come I'll leave it to Miko but anyway segula so in this verse or hachaim says the intentment of this statement that just as it segula is something that does not fit with the laws of nature as you will find that there is a type of herb that is cold by nature yet has a mysterious quality that it enables it to heal an illness of cold and similarly There is a type of herb that is hot by nature and has a mysterious quality, I hope you're keying in on mysterious quality, Uh that enables it to heal an illness of heat, all of which does not fit with the regular laws of nature. But it is rather due to this mysterious quality, which is Segula, that Hashem placed into those items. So didn't like Hashem say, you will be to me? Like you will become to me a segulah? Like Hashem made us a segulah? Yes. Just like it says here, Hashem put the segula into these mysterious items. So too, in our verse, Hashem is promising the Jewish people that they will be a segulah. They will be endowed with spiritual qualities beyond what is imaginable. Now, back to this again, because it says that the, also the other reason why this arrangement was divinely oriented for the children of Israel in both cases was because each of these tribes are endowed with a spiritual quality corresponding to the direction of their camp. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked because that sounds like crazy talk, right? Well, last week's Torah portion was Bami Bar, Mazel Tov, Mika'el. Because it was his parasha. It says in verse 2 of chapter 2 that the people's encampment, this commentary on that verse, the people's encampment on all four sides of the tabernacle symbolized how they protected the holy edifice uh, and the Torah. Really? Say again. We're going to be able to protect the Mishkan and the Torah? Just us? Really? Well, it continues. Because certainly the Torah does not need our protection. And on the contrary, the Torah and His commandments protect us.
1: Beautiful.
0: Where have we seen this before? You don't carry the ark, the ark carries you, right? Mm-hmm. However, God chose, again, just like He made us a segulah, He chose... To entrust us with the noble mission of protecting the Torah. Did not you just say, in your hand I place the Torah, in my hand I have your soul, protect what is mine, I'll protect what is yours. How, again, how come, Hashem, you just gave us the Torah, how in the world are we supposed to protect this? We can't protect our own self from our own self.
1: Indeed. Maybe
0: because there is a Segula at play here. No, sure. Similarly, we must guard our personal inner sanctuary within our hearts. Now, here's the four sides. So there's north, south, east, and west, right? We know our directions, right? Because right, right. we're supposed to be praying towards the east, towards Jerusalem You know, so all that. So that's because on the north side, there is cold spiritual indifference. So there's something about Dan... Asher and Naphtali that has, that they bring the fire. And I don't really know, I don't even want to talk about that, but let's just say people who just feel that sense of urge and that fire for Hashem that just burns inside of them without ceasing.
1: Right.
0: I'm not going to try to put this on you, but It's probably something to do with one of those three tribes that you're probably a part of. Or maybe that's the gate of the city you might go through. Because, you know, that fire that Hashem puts inside of you is to protect from the cold north. Because we're supposed to protect the Torah. Right? Yes. Now, on the north, there's cold. So it takes people of fire to to fight against the cold.
1: Okay.
0: Right? And so then, on the south, the south side, (laughs) okay, there's hot, lustful passion. Okay? So how in the world are you supposed to protect from lustful passions? So there's something about Gad, Shimeon, and Ruvain that have this sense of, you know, like Job says, I've made a covenant with my eyes. I ain't going to even get twisted all up in the lust game. You know, I'm going to school the lust game with some integrity and some morality and some sanctity, some kedushah, if you will. Right? That's on the south. And then on the east side
1: <laughs>
0: self-gratification. The hummits that we should have got rid of back in Pesach. But for some reason, just in case you didn't get it out in Pesach, and it still travels with you because you know you never got all the hummits out. Uh oh. But when you count the omer, you keep you keep working at it. And then after Shavuot, Hashem is like, I'm going to give you the download to continue to slay that because the Torah is a sword. And it's going to slay all that. And you're just going to keep cleaning until Rosh Hashanah. And then he's just going to show up and make you new again with the resurrection. And then he's going to seal it ten days later with Yom Kippur. And then you're just going to party it up as you go. But, (laughs) like the camps. So, in case you got a problem with that and you need a little assistance, Yehuda, Yissachar, and Zebulun on the east side. Who's from Yehuda? Mashiach ben David. The reigning king. The one who's going to shut it down. All right? And... Do we need to really go Midrash Rabbah Bereshit about the king who comes humbly riding on a donkey? Uh, Talking about Judah, how he's going to be the ruler over the tribes. He's going to rule with humility. That's the gratification side. They're protecting against with humility. How do you fight against arrogance? You humble yourself or just kill yourself and let Hashem resurrect (laughs) you. Because Mashiach ben David resurrected Mashiach ben Yosef. Because... You know, Talmud talks about that, you know, before creation, before, you know, it was given that when Mashiach is manifested, you know, Mashiach will die as Mashiach ben Yosef. Right. You know, and Mashiach ben David will look upon the slain Mashiach ben Yosef and he says, you know what, Hashem? I desire to have life because I don't want Mashiach ben Yosef to continue on dead. I want to be able to have him to live. And, and namely, we're going to be one anyway, so why don't we just go ahead and merge that idea together? <laughs> so, Mashiach Ben David is the resurrector. Beautiful. Yes. You know, he even resurrected himself.
1: How
0: quick I mean, that's that. blue screen. I'm not even going to talk more about it. No, no, right, that's right. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The West Side, okay. With oh, yeah. the gangsters Or <laughs> chilling, <children, laughs> is dark despair. Now, I know I was not on this tribe's side because this is Ephraim. This is Menashe and Benjamin. Who was a man acquainted with grief? Mashiach right. He bore our, our sicknesses, our illnesses. He took up on our pain. He was mocked. And he didn't mock back. He was reviled. If that ain't despair, I don't know what is. Right, right. He was abandoned in the garden while he was talking to his self. And his Talmudim left him. And then he got crucified. He got punched while he was on his way to be crucified. That's Mashiach ben Yosef who descends from Ephraim. Right. Mm-hmm. He's on the west side to fight against despair. Did that for us what what better yeah like he took despair on himself so that we don't got to deal with it
1: yes thank you hashem. yes and
0: if we do deal with it just because you know to think oh he took it so great i don't have to do it how many of us know that that don't work
1: right
0: right mm-hmm. hashem did it all i don't have to do anything we're just gonna cruise this thing out to the holy land oh, that that don't work Because you forget about Shabbat, you forget about Kashrut, you forget about praying every day, you forget about making yourself a living sacrifice, right? But if you experience what he experienced, because Romans also brings in that how can we share in his glory if we don't share in his suffering? Oh dear. Oh dear. Yep. That's the West side. Hey. Those are gangsters. I'm gonna let them <laughs> I'm gonna let them hold that down because I have spent too much of my life in despair. Uh-huh. My parasha is literally by Yeshev where Yosef is thrown into the pit yep. and having to deal with snakes and scorpions. So uh, yeah, I've been there and that ain't my favorite. I'll just I'll just be on fire for Shem. And take out the spiritual indifference you got out the pit. So you know Anyway so that's the tribes And how they're on their sides and everything So why am I talking about that Because I'm saying we're all people We're all brothers and sisters here We're crowned and we have all these Gifts, these spiritual powers We're this peculiar people Well if you look Right after what Zac and Yosef just dropped on us The next chapter of Parasha Nasho Naso is Bamibar chapter seven. So if you'll go to Bamibar Chapter Seven. Why is this Parsha called Naso? Why? Because Naso has to do with Mesim or Nasim, Which is princes. Oh sorry. Okay. Nasim, misim, princes. Now we see just in the first couple of verses that the princes see that the Mishkan is established. This is Bami bar chapter seven. Verse one. Verse one. Oh. Now I ain't gonna read all these verses cause you know, this is like the part of the Torah that people normally say, you know, oh man, I fell asleep on that part. What happened? That's so sad. But I'm not gonna read it because of that fact. I'm gonna read it because this part, I'm gonna overview it because this part is so rich that I'm just going to be able to barely get through the overview and take us into Corinthians. Oh, wow. So look down those verses real quick. What you need to notice is that there are 12 people, and 12 people represent 12 tribes. Okay. The prince represents the whole entire tribe. Okay. What prince represents us? The tribe of Hashem. Mashiach, yeah. Sar Shalom, you know, because remember, Rabbi just dropped on us that we're the tribe of Hashem. Yeah.
1: so we have to have a
0: prince. Is he prince of
1: Judah, or no? Is that
0: Mashiach? Uh-huh. Yes, he's prince of it all. Oh, well, I mean, y- Yosef and Yehuda. Yosef and Yehuda. Shalom. All right, so yeah, yeah, get you some. But what you need to notice: these are representatives. They're bringing the same things on different days the same way, the same style, okay, and it's repeated 12 times. If something is repeated two times, that's something. But if it's repeated 12 times, because surely Hashem did not have to write 12 times, but substitute the first name. Like, you know, so-and-so from this tribe, same thing. So-and-so from this tribe, same thing. Like, it wasn't just this cookie-cutter preset because you remember the words of the Torah, living, active, sharpening, to right, edged right. sword, so they're kind of like
1: no, living no
0: words, here. right? So they're not just repeating in vain. Hashem doesn't do anything in vain because His Word accomplishes that which it is sent to do.
1: Oh,
0: wow. Right? right. Ah. So here's the deal. So these these these, these, these Nassim represent everyone. And... Let's go to the Kehod Humash and break it down after the verses he says. I don't even know what time it is. What are we doing? You
1: got 45 minutes
0: left. All right. So, I'm going to look all the way down in verse 17 in the Kehod Humash and here's how they break it down. So, in the interrelated section they said, In these offerings, the princes wish to express great historic significance of the giving of the Torah. Today that we're celebrating is expressing great historical significance of the giving of the Torah. Because it's Law Day, we're celebrating, right? And it says, and its effect on nature of humanity's relationship with God. So because Hashem gave us the Torah, our nature was affected in some kind of way. I don't know, maybe like new heart, new spirit type,
1: new creation type maybe.
0: effect. Then it says that um, the nature of this relationship with God as achieved through the sacrifices that would be offered in the tabernacle. So if you think about all of these sacrifices that the 12 princes are bringing, they're bringing reference back to the giving of the Torah. And then they're talking about how my life has been affected by that. Namely, because my life has been affected, my whole tribe has been affected.
1: Yes.
0: Because Mashiach has been resurrected, we will be resurrected. Yes. You know, I mean, that's powerful stuff. And I mean, and if that isn't enough, we're sealed to the day of redemption with the resurrection power exerted in us. So it's going to get us there. Kind of like the Omer gets us to Shavuot. Alright? So it says, the silver bowl, okay, because that's part of the offering, alluded to Adam. The numerical value of the words for silver bowl is 930. The number of Adam's life. The number of the years of his life. And the silver basin alluded to Noah. The numerical value of the words for one silver basin is 520. 500 alludes to the age at which Noah began to have children. 20 alludes to the 20 years the decree regarding the flood preceded his time. Okay, so this is kind of like a mercy thing because Hashem took 20 years to ultimately fulfill what he said he was going to do. But he relented that long because he could have just done it in an instant. Because you know when Hashem speaks, things happen. Kind of like when He said, "Let there be light, and psh, oh, there light," light happened. The weight of the basin is seventy shekels. It alluded to the seventy nations. The spoon alluded to the Torah. Where have we heard that before? The Torah is a spoon, <laughs> and it says, "Which was given by God's hand." Since the Hebrew word for spoon is the same as that for the word hand it's the word cough and they say you can literally remember the letter cough because you cover your mouth when you cough you make a cough with your hand okay then it says the weight of the ladle that came with this basin is ten shekels alluded to the ten commandments the incense alluded to the 613 mitzvot of the Torah. The numerical value of the word, for incense, ketoret, is 613. When the dalet is substituted for the kuf. Because there's a system where all the Hebrew letters can be split in half with 11 and 11, and they have corresponding letters, so it's like a mirror reflection thing. So when you do the word Keturit and look at a reflection of the incense, you get the word 613. So it says the young bull alluded to Abraham who fed the three Malachim with three young bulls. The ram alluded to Yitzhak. Surprise. (laughs) For Abraham offered up a ram instead of Yitzhak. And what they should have said, but this Ram counted as Yitzhak, and the word for Ram that was substituted for Yitzhak is the permutation of the word for my God, which is Elohim. Uh, okay. okay? That's what it should have said. That's what I said. Okay, so then the next one said, The Lamb alluded to Yaakov who separated his sheep. What did Hashem do? Separated his sheep? From the goats. Oh. Right? So then the 70 nations are all descended from Noah, but they're all different. The Torah is one entity, but it comprises 10 commandments, 613 commandments, because the 613 are actually 10. I mean, so it should be no, it should be no stretch for us to think how the many of us are one body. Because even the Torah itself is a manifestation of that. And Yeshua is a manifestation of that, which is a manifestation of Hashem. That's right. Right. So then it says the patriarchs were each unique, yet the patriarchs, or yet they are the patriarchs of the entire Jewish people. Yaakov's son all participated in selling Yosef, but they did not all hate him equally. But they all hated him. The root was hatred, right? But it was different. (laughs) But he still got sold. So there's that. Moshe and Aharon brought both peace between Hashem and Israel but they did so differently. The Jewish people are one people and the Torah is one entity, but they both divide into specific subdivisions. Wow. Since each prince had a unique allegorical intention in his mind, you know, because Hashem accredits what you intend as, as, as if it's done.
1: Beautiful.
0: Right? So they're doing the same offering. They're giving it the same way, but they all have a different intent. And it says specific to the spiritual nature of his tribe, each of their offerings is given in full detail. Now, let's go to Corinthians 12. We're going to start in verse 1, because it's always good to start in verse 1. It says now about the spiritual gift. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, and this is what the Amplified Version just amplified. The spiritual gift, the special endowments of supernatural energy. Seriously? Segula? The spiritual gifts are a segula? A unique, special spiritual endowment? So Shaul's like, let's talk about these things. Because you know the children of Israel, who you study because you read the Torah every Shabbat and you study the Torah portion during the week, That's you just right. read about the tribes arranged according to their spiritual giftings you're still Jesus or energies. Yeah. So there's there's your whole thing about Shaul not teaching Torah. How about how about this? So then it says, "Brother, and I do not want you to be misinformed." Ignorant. Okay. So what you're what you're studying and what you're learning, don't get it twisted. You now, or you know, that when you were heathen, you were led off after idols that could not speak habitually, as impulse directed, and whenever the occasion might arise. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking under the power and influence of the Ruach Hakodesh of Hashem can ever say Yeshua be cursed. i
1: shalom. living Torah. Thank you. So
0: anyone who has the Ruach of Hashem can't ever say the Torah is cursed and done away with, abolished, or not important or special, or any of that. I didn't even say that. Okay, so after recovering from that... Ryan, get your band and I'm hurt.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: and no one can really say, Yeshua is my Lord, except by and under the power and influence of the Ruach HaKodesh. The
1: Holy Spirit.
0: So if you ever in your life doubt that you're filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, if you say Baruch on nine with preceding braka, B'Shem Mashiach Yeshua Amen, mm-hmm. you're filled with the Spirit.
1: filled with you know? like it. And if not,
0: yeah. see a Zakin immediately. Because <laughs> it's just going to give you the threefold blessing. Yeah, yeah they're going to give you the threefold blessing. Right, right.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. It might be a little different than the sheen, but I mean, it'll kind of be the same. All right. So it says um, under this impulse. Verse four. Here's where we're, Here's where it gets to the business. Okay. Now there are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, my, gifts, my extraordinary powers, distinguishing certain believers due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the ruach hakodesh. Man, that sounds like an epic movie. It's getting real amplified. It's going to be turned up now. And they are. They vary. But the Ruach remains the same. Mm-hmm. He ain't got time for that. So,
1: ain't nobody mm-hmm. got time for that. Exactly. The same.
0: So yeah, so how can one be many different things? Uh-huh. Okay. And we just read that even though they're bringing the same things, it's all different things.
1: But it's
0: the same. But it's the same. Mm-hmm. Alright, I'm going to continue because I like, that. I like this part. Okay, verse 5. And there are distinctive varieties of service and administration, but it is the same Lord who is served. Thank you. So no matter what you're doing around here, we're all serving Hashem. Thank you. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. Some of you may not get to drosh tonight, but you're still serving Hashem.
1: Because you showed
0: up. Alright, and not everybody has to drosh tonight, but you're still serving Hashem. Alright. And then it says there are distinctive varieties of operation of working to accomplish these things, but it is the same God who inspires and energizes them all. Man.
1: The body of Mashiach.
0: The body of Mashiach. The breastplate. The children of Israel encamped around the ark because you know Mashiach is the center of all creation. That's why the Torah is manifestation of Mashiach because he's in the center in the ark. Mm. Right. Okay. Just making sure we know that. Okay. Verse 7. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Ruach for good and profit. To one is given in and through the Ruach the power to speak a message of wisdom and to another the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Ruach. To another wonder-working faith by the same Ruach, to another, extraordinary powers of healing by one Ruach, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophetic insight, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, to another, the ability to discern, are we going to get up to 613? We're working on it. And distinguish between the utterances of true spirits, and false ones. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's it. Mm.
1: Vena, mm.
0: much? Yeah. Okay, to another, various kinds of unknown tongues. Mm-hmm. Calm yourselves. Tongues is, tongues is just another word for notes which is languages. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there are a lot of languages that are spoken in the world that aren't known. Right. And it probably sounds like Klingon, but it's actually yes. a language. Right, and the Ruach that. of Hashem can give you the ability or the spiritual segura to <laughs> interpret that. So it's not jibber-jabber. Uh-uh. Okay. I was raised thinking tongues was jibber-jabber. So right, if any right. of you were feeling my pain, oh. then feel pain no more. The yep. West Side just brought <laughs> it down. Alright, right, no tearing on the festival of uh-uh. Pentecost. We
1: ain't got time for that.
0: Just kidding. Okay, so then it says in verse 11 all these gifts, achievements, and abilities are inspired and brought to pass by one and the same Ruach, who apportions to each person individually exactly as he chooses.
1: Sounds like manna.
0: Sounds like manna. Now we're back to manna. Because Hashem apportioned the Omer. Go we'll Prerogative. It's Hashem's prerogative. So, what's your prerogative tonight? Man. I don't know about you, but I go back to what we first heard from the breast left by so saying Shabbat means many different things to many people. Some people are here for the cheesecake. Some people are here for when is Shabbat over so I can go back to work. Oh. Some people are here for oh my gosh I cannot believe Hashem has letting me stay up all night and not work and study the Torah. Come on, Shabba. give me a bima and I'm about to tear it up. <laughs> right? yeah. But no matter no matter where you are, you're inside a shabbat oat and Hashem has given you that segula. Because I guarantee you, if you're not ready to tear up a bima, or eat some cheesecake, or go back to work tomorrow, you're going to be doing something else that's going to make somebody else's Oat out of this world. Beautiful, beautiful. And so you need not have to worry about and look around how everyone is observing Oat. You need to be grateful that we're all here together observing Shavuot. Amen. We're in community. We're being crowned. We're inside the breastplate. Thank what you. more do we need? Not the air Rob. Not the air Rob. We're inside the clouds. let must float along.
1: Right? There's 12
0: colors. Dainu. Dainu. Thank you.
1: We,
0: we said Dainu 50 days ago. There you go. And why would we stop now? Let's say it again. <laughs> you know? Why let's stop say it again. now? Literally, <laughs> keep saying Dainu every single day. And I want to kind of end with a testimony of mine. Some of you know this about me. Some of you don't. But before, I was Rabbi's Talmud standing up on the worship platform with the hey double um and putting praise on it.
1: Uh -uh.
0: (laughs) Shuckling at the bema with Mikael, troping his parasha like a boss. Leading the youth of Sar Shalom into the living Torah of Mashiach. By the grace of Mashiach there was not just what it's probably going on three years now i, yeah. I was pretty much out yeah. of this walk out of this faith and i got caught up in pride and arrogance of the east side again i belong on the north i don't belong on the east side and i tried to do east side stuff and it failed miserably but i was looking around at Shalom and i was seeing what a messy group of people.
1: <laughs> Can you
0: believe it? Me <laughs> saying that about Sar Shalom. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm brand new to Torah. I'm six months into the fiery flame with just this big burst of, oh my gosh, Hashem is awesome. Shabbat is still for today, and Holly is delicious. <laughs> and I'm gonna go and think. Man, what's Rabbi doing? Is he really a rabbi? Did he really get certified from a rabbinical <laughs> seminary? How come when everyone is saying the Amidah, they're bowing at every Baruch Atah when it only says in a Siddur that they should bow for like this blessing and that blessing, and then more we're supposed to be facing the east and everybody's just kind of facing wherever they want to face and then we're supposed to be sitting for the Shema according to a guy named Rambam. I don't know who he is but he must be righteous and holy because he has his own mission of Torah and whatever he says (laughs) must go and it must be important. Even though what he wrote about the Torah came thousands of years later and he died and he's still not alive. So, (laughs) I mean, is he my Mashiach or what? There's Um, There's that. And so... I'm following after this and I'm like, man, they're not sitting for Shemad. They're not saying, are these people really Jewish? Where's the mikvah? Man, what is happening? And I did that, y'all. And I don't even know how in the world I'm here today. It is some kind of miraculous power that Hashem invoked because people that I, know that, that I don't even know of prayed about me and prayed for me one of the guys is sitting directly in front of me and his name is Gary D. I'm gonna shout him out in public.
1: Yeah. come on. I
0: appreciate that.
1: Yeah, Gary! Right. Yeah, right. Gary!
0: <laughs> but if I didn't have other brothers and sisters who didn't get outside the cloud and who stayed in the threefold blessing of Hashem to intercede for me, I wouldn't even be in the air of Rob. I'd be a dead body in the sand in the wilderness. But for some kind of reason,
1: Segula.
0: just like the, like the Agada teaches that for the, the Ark of Noah, the giant og was able to be attached to the outside of the ark and dragged along through the floodwaters. Some kind of way that happened to me. In some kind of way, my focus and my eyes got fixed. And I began the, the Ruach, Yeah, the Ruach just, wow. Yeah. Yeah. What we just read in in Corinthians 12. Yeah, that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. He shows up again. again. (laughs) Some kind of way that happened. In some kind of way when I started to look at the Torah again, after I had to completely humble myself and get initiated into the east side that I thought I was a part of, but I got by the grace of Hashem to be a part of because to fight against my arrogance, my wife, Mazel, said, "You need to go talk to your rabbi." <laughs> Funny thing is, she never doubted that rabbi was a rabbi. That's right. And and one of my one of my drashas that I was gifted to do again not too long ago, I distinctly remember saying the words out of my mouth that our rabbi is glot kosher yep. yes, yes. certified because he follows the rabbi who certifies rabbis. Thank you. I mean, oh, what more uh, do you need? Right, right. Dainu, right? But she said, go talk to your rabbi. I don't, I don't know. know what this is. <laughs>
1: but That's exactly what I did. Right? I don't
0: know. This is not in my house. That, okay. was, that was oral Torah speaking. That right. was oral Torah. Get you some. Owned
1: wife, much? Yeah.
0: yeah. And her power shop by the way, is the power shop where a wife saves a husband from a stupid decision. Come go on. figure, Hashem knew what he was doing before creation so i get with rabbi and i share all of this nonsense That's exactly what and he said okay so let's look at the sources
1: there you go Drive.
0: let's look at the sources Source. let's
1: do
0: this he pulled out the lightsaber and chopped off every limb that i could possibly manufacture yeah. so now just for example for the sake of not being vague because i'm always told i'm vague yes. for example we just learned on Yom Yerushalayim last week that when we stand and pray that we're supposed to face towards Yerushalayim. Yes. But if one can't face towards Yerushalayim and they're in a the synagogue with the ark with the Torah scroll in it, they face toward that ark. Amen. And if they don't have that, they turn towards Yerushalayim in their heart. Yes. Oh,
1: yep. that's so beautiful.
0: So guess what that looks like? A bunch of people standing up in the shul looking all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> that's called Segula. That's Paul Segula, but what are they doing? Shema Yisrael. I mean, come on now. We're at Am Segula. We are a peculiar people, but the same Bruach has delineated all that out. And all of our differences, but we're doing the same thing because I guarantee you, if you wrap tefillin on your left arm or your right arm or you put your tefillin on before you put your tefillin on or vice versa, or you say Shema looking at the back wall, as much is looking at the ark, okay, we're all observing the mitzvah. And we're all observing it by the ruach because we couldn't if we didn't have it. So let this day of celebrating the law just take you to new heights with this community that we've been blessed with because Hashem's bride is many who are one. And if you stay inside that bride, you're going to look real pretty, even though you're not really anything by yourself.
1: Love, yeah. Get you some. You got time for a song? That was good. That's about. That
0: Don't let any man that's judge you because you can't judge another man's servant. That's true.
1: Do you have music on your phone?
0: that That's powerful. I can't
1: do that thing you did.
0: What thing?
1: I don't know. Three songs. you wants three songs. you got 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she knew.
0: Just do it for her. What song? I don't remember. You she's talking song? about the, the rap did. <laughs> you did. Like,
1: oh, you I did. not say Banishma. Mikael's still here.
0: Well, I'll only, do it, I'll only do it if the other part of this bride will come up here and do it with me, because I don't do things by myself because I look a mess.
1: This bride would like to hear all y'all for real. Whoa. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Damn. <laughs> well, I just threw it down. Well, I just threw it down. I did
0: say I, I prayed that we would uh, dance.
1: Yeah, she did. Man, why did I open my prophetic mouth? I got the whole city memorized. I I Let's do it every day. Every day.
0: But Mikael, <laughs> will you come up here and do an acoustic oh. version? Like we can just clap and sing along together and I can yeah. rap and you sing. We can all dance. Oh. Oh. And then we'll finish with Aliyah for real. Yes. Oh. Let's we can do it a cappella, everybody knows the beat. Except that you're forgetting that the Kazan keeps the guitar oh. here. Oh. Okay, Hashem is so funny. because what did we just talk about? The bride is all the many who are one? Okay, we got the song right here. We got the instrument right there, and, and then we're going to throw some rap on it for some reason. Okay, Hashem just literally just did that. A threefold blessing for you. Oh my gosh. It's like Hashem is like legit or something.
1: I don't know. Yeah, the separate
0: logistics. <laughs> yes. Okay. Dan, Naftali, and Asher. Black yeah. we'll Okay. Share load up Aliyah for real here. That? Had